Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. When you have it, just say, I got it. He says, this say I then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other so that you cannot do the things that ye would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody say, these are things that will keep you out. Say it one more time. These are things that will keep you out. Now, I will make a quick note. The very next verse in in Galatians chapter 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So we have the works of the flesh, and then we have the fruits of the Spirit, okay? We, a lot of times we start there, Galatians 5 and verse 22, and we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. How many have been at Truth Chapel before when we had a fruit of the Spirit? And we, I bring in fruit every time. So when you hear pastors say, we're doing fruit of the Spirit, this coming Sunday, you want to be in the house because it's, we eat the whole time. If you like fruit, you're going to love that series. Uh, so we bring in fruit. It's, it, it's, it's a great time. We've done it twice at Truth Chapel, and I, I'll probably do it again because I love redundancy. Get it deep down in your heart. Amen. Uh, but I've never talked about the works of the flesh, just the fruit of the Spirit. That's where we like to focus. And I'm a firm believer of not really trying to build a big uh, religious thought process about things that we don't do. I, I, I love to celebrate our freedoms and, and not focus on, well, we don't do this and we don't do that, clothesline preaching, if you want to call it. I, I would rather, let's focus on the things that we can do. And if we get those things right, the bad things are going to take care of themselves because I'm focused on God and, and I want to do the right things. However, it is good to fulfill righteousness. Amen. And we need to preach righteousness. And so in order to preach righteousness, we got to preach wrongness. You need to know the things that will keep you out. This is a list of things that will keep you out. This is the works of the flesh. So tonight I'm starting a series, the works of the flesh. Would you pray with me? Lord, I need you now. I need your guidance. I need your help. God, the word is going to do its work tonight. I know that I need not add one iota, one drop, one dime to this well, God, tonight. I, I know your word is sufficient. But God, I pray tonight that you would help me be a navigator as we will navigate through the word. 
and you would help us to understand how this word written so many years ago applies to this time because we know that it is good. Every scripture is good. And so I pray now that you would help us, that you would grow us and mature us through this word and we'll be careful to give you praise, glory, and honor. And someone said in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen, let me check my time. The works of the flesh. My first slide tonight, uh, I want to just stop here for just a moment and just kind of point something out to you. My first slide tonight is uh, a picture of DNA. And I want to inform you tonight, and and I want to be very careful with how I approach this whole concept because this, there are going to be some things, uh, not only tonight, but in the next few Wednesday nights of Bible study, there'll be some hard moments where we talk about some deep things and it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you right between the eyes, hit you right in your heart. It's going to dig at you. You're, you're not going to like it. But, but let me tell you why. It's, it's your DNA. It's, uh, there was a, a cartoon my kids watched. I actually forget the name of it, but the little, it was an animal, and the animal said, it's in your dinner. It's not dinner, it's DNA. And it's just your human makeup. You are flesh. And you can't separate your spirit from your flesh right now. There will come a time when the trumpet sounds. Amen. And we are quickened to be with the Lord. But in this moment where we find ourselves tonight, we are flesh and blood and we're also spirit. And Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. And we we know, I I say this time and time again, but I'll continue to say it because I want this to get in your spirit, that Paul writes in orthodoxy, orthopraxy. He writes in right believing and he preaches right behavior. When he writes to a church in Galatia or Philippi or Ephesus, whatever church he's writing to, he writes in right believing, but then he writes in right behavior. This is what we believe, but this is how we behave. This is how we live out the belief system. We understand this. The the word is telling us this, but this is how we actually walk that out in a day-to-day life. And so as Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, it's no different. He's writing correct believing and correct behavior. And as he does this, he begins to tell them about the spirit and the flesh. And he lets them know that we need to walk in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That if I'm walking in the spirit, I have a better chance of avoiding the things that my flesh wants to do. And he, and he tells us that these things are contrary to each other, that, that the The flesh is always against the spirit. The spirit is always against the flesh. And and, and that's in my genetic makeup. Here's what I want you to know tonight is that you're not weird because you you find yourself desiring sin. You're, You're not a weirdo. You're not, you know, a crazy person. You're not different. You know, people come sit in my office and say, I'm just different, Pastor. No, you're not. I know you like to think that. Because it makes you feel a little bit better, but you're not. Take a number, get in line. If you are breathing air and you are a homo sapien, now if you're an alien, you can leave now. Ain't none of us ready for that. But, but if you're homo sapien and you're human, then there is a genetic makeup in you that desires the things of the flesh. Genetically. And, and, and we know this because no one had to teach us how to steal. We came pre-wired to steal. 
No one, no one taught us how to lie. There was not a lie, lying 101 in kindergarten. Everybody come into class, get here early because we're teaching online today. Guys, this is how you lie. No one taught us. It just, did you steal the cookie? Absolutely not. Why is, there, why is there chocolate chips all over your face? I don't know. I, I, this, is, this is beyond me. We, we came predisposed to hoard. We, we had to be taught how to share, right? Sharing was a, something we had to teach our kids. But our, our, our kids, we come, that, that's mine. Mine, 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 mine. No. No is always the first word. And probably mostly because the parents are mostly saying no. <laughs> it's, it's, we are genetically, when, when Eve ate the Adam, uh, when Eve ate the apple in the garden and her and Adam had children, it was, it was prevalent in the first siblings that there was a genetic disposition against authority. And the first child born out of sin committed murder. The first child committed the first murder. It's, it's, it's genetic. And so what I want to say to you is two things. Number one, you are not crazy. There is a desire in you to do wrong. It's, it's just in you. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's no magic button. You can speak in tongues until your tongue hangs out of your mouth. But in just a few hours or days, there's going to come a moment when your flesh is going to be like, mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. But you're not. You're just a human. You have flesh. But it also doesn't let us off the hook. Our DNA it's not a get out of jail free card. It's not a, it's not a, hey, well, you know, that's just, you know, that's how I was born. You know, my, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm an alcoholic and this is that's who I am. I mean, get over it. If you don't like it, you can lump it. Well, you'll go to hell with that spirit. You'll bust it wide open. Well, I was hurt as a child. I was, you know, I was molested and, and I was hurt. And so this is just who I am. And, and I do these crazy things because of that. We get it. I understand it. I'm, I'm with you on that level. But I need you to know that it doesn't give you a get out of jail free card. Those that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. While, while there's no way for you to control it, while there's no way for you to automatically one day wake up and go, you know what? I have no desire to do anything bad ever again in my life. I'm just totally free from it. And God has blessed me. And if you find that magical fountain of goodness, let us know. We all want to drink from it. But it also doesn't give, give you the right to say, I'm going to walk in my freedom and just do what I want to do. And for that, God gives us the spirit. For that, there is the spirit that pulls against the flesh. That when you want to do evil, good is present. And when you want to do good, evil is present. And there is a tug of war on the human psyche. There is a tug of war on the human mind that I want to do right and I know what's right. And, and let me break this down for you. And, you, you, and this is why I'm teaching this on a, on, a, on a Wednesday night. Because listen, Sunday morning at 10 is Bible study. We're going to get in the word of God. Sunday at 11, I'm going to preach, you know, 
I'm, I, I'm going to try to preach out of your socks and we're going to have a good time and I'm reaching for the lost and I'm reaching for broken people and I'm preaching to the whole church. But on Wednesday night, you showed up on a Wednesday at 730. You, you want to hear some word. You want to grow. And so just like Paul, I don't feel like I'm talking to people who just don't know anything. Paul is writing to a church in Galatia full of saved people. This church is not to heathens. This, this letter is not to heathens. This letter is not to sinners. You know, this letter isn't to random people on the street. This is a letter to the church in Galatia. So he's telling church folk, I know the spirit that's in you because you, you, you got it just the way I got it. So I know the spirit that's in you is pulling on you to do good. But I know your flesh that you're still attached to pulls on you to do wrong. And he's saying, you can't do the things that you would. These things are contrary to each other so that you cannot do the things that you would. The spirit will not let you do the things that you want to do. And he's, he's given us a remedy for these things. And he, the remedy is this. Walk in the spirit. Check your carnality at the door. If you walk in your carnal man, unbridled, unchecked, you will fall into the traps of the flesh, the works of the flesh. The spirit has fruits, but the flesh has works. My flesh produces no fruit. It's just actions. You will know them by their deeds. You will know them by their actions. You will know them by what they do because our works, our works, what we do, that, that produces who we are. You, you are not who you think you are. You are what you do. You're, you're, you, you can think you're the best person in the world, but do the worst things. Guess, guess what we think you are? The worst person. <laughs> We do because what we see is what we affiliate to you. And in your mind, you could be super dope, have it all together, be the best of the best. But if your actions are horrible and you disrespect people and you do wrong and you cheat and you lie, guess what we think of you? What you do. We can't see that dude in your head. <laughs> like, like, hello, Mr. Narcissist. None of us see you that way. That's your own little made up world where you're the bomb.com, but in real life, we're struggling to even like you right now. I mean, you got to look at them. Just keep looking at me. I mean, if they're in the room, just, just keep looking at me. Because we, our flesh, that's our works, what I do, my actions. And so as Paul is writing, right, right believing, right behavior, he gives us the manifestation of these works. He says, these are the manifestations of the works of the flesh. This is how, this is how the works of the flesh manifest themselves. We, we, we all know they start in here. Right? We all know that they start in here. But here's how they manifest. This is what we see. When people are walking in the flesh and they're walking after the carnal man, these are the manifested things that we will see from them. This is what people do 
when they walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. Now, I'm going to start tonight, and I'm going to go through just a couple of these. I don't have time to go through them all uh, tonight, but we're going to go through them. But tonight, I wanted to kind of open this up and, and, and lay a little bit of a foundation, and I'm going to get into maybe the first four here in the works of the flesh, uh, the manifestations of the works of the flesh, how they, how they manifest themselves. But right before I do that, I, I want to take a moment to, to, to hit verse 18. He says, but if ye are led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. This is verse 18. He's, he says, if you, if you, the, the, the spirit and the flesh, they, they fight. Okay. And so, so that you can't do the things that you want to do. And then b- before he gets into the manifestations of the works of the flesh, he, he stops for a second and he says, but that's a, that's an attention grab. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. And I just want to take a moment right here because what, what Paul is trying to get at here is that under the law, under the law, we have 10 commandments. We have 10 commandments under the law. Those, those 10 commandments deal with, with me and you and me and God. There's, there's, there's five that separate those. Five Five of those commandments are dealing with how me and you operate together. I shall not kill. I shall not steal. I shall not commit adultery. These things. And then the other ones are I shall have no graven image. I shall not take the Lord's name in vain. So these are things between me and God that ain't got nothing to do with me and you. So we have two splits here. two, two, Two different sections of the law. And what what Paul is trying to say and what I'm a firm believer of is that there's a new covenant and that law, which still applies to my flesh, but doesn't apply to my spirit. What do you mean by that, Pastor Chavis? My spirit. See, if I'm led by the capital S, spirit, in verse in, here, in, in, I, think, I think all of it's capital here. But, but when you read it in the original text, he said, but if you're led by the spirit, that spirit there is capitalized, which means not by my spirit. I'm not led by my spirit. I'm not, I'm not led by my conscience. My conscience doesn't lead me. And this is a confusing point for people because what, what we have to understand here is I'm not trying to be led by my conscience. Okay? Because we, we all know that it's easy to kill conscience. You can numb your conscience to sin. Many of us have done it before. You, you, you can numb your conscience to doing wrong to people. We've all lived it at some point. And we know people who have no conscience. They've taken their conscience out back and pulled, took it out. And they have no regard. And so this is not my spirit that I'm led by. If I'm led by his spirit, then I'm not under the law. Because his spirit lifts me above the law. That the, the, the weight of the law is not upon me. That I walk in the freedom of the spirit and not under the bondage of the law. Meaning that if I, if I am led by God, if I'm led by God, then I'm not living a life where I have to look around every single corner to make sure I'm following the letter of the law. Now, for me and you today, this concept that I'm trying to, 
teach to you right now. We don't, we don't really understand this concept because we've never lived the way that Jews lived. Okay? Literally, these Jews who Paul is writing to as well, they have lived under the law for so long, it, it controls every fabric of their daily life. Every, every stitch of clothing, uh, whether I'm wearing the right kind of shoe on the Sabbath, I mean, all of these things, all of these issues. And so they, they all have a, a role to play and they're following each little thing and they're checking off each little box of their things I don't eat, things I do eat. What I eat when the sun comes up, what I eat when the sun goes down. And am I, am I touching the door and saying the Shema on my way in and my way out? There's all these rules that they consider the law that they're living by, okay? When the Spirit comes, when the Spirit comes, to give them freedom and to give them life and life more abundantly, many of them still live under that format. And not only do they live under, but they find their salvation in it. We see this when the young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, hey, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, well, you know, go do the commandments. And he says, oh, I follow every commandment. I follow every commandment. Since I was a child, I have done it all. I have lived under the law. I crossed every every T. I dotted every I. I'm, I'm good. I've checked off every box. I have lived under the law and I've followed it to a immaculate. I, there's no, no wrong in me. And Jesus says, you're right. But one thing you missed. Now, Jesus doesn't declare to him that one thing he missed. But, but I believe what Jesus was saying is, you know what? If that's where you find your salvation, if that's where you find your goodness, your, every little detail that you've lived out, if that's where you find your salvation, if that's where you find your goodness, if that's where you find your worth, then you miss something. I guarantee you miss something. If you're trying to follow every letter of the law, Jesus says, you miss one thing. Because I know you miss something. It's impossible to live under that law. I know you miss some detail. I know that you wore a, a, a shoe with a nail in it on the Sabbath one day. I know that you missed something. Because if you're living by that for the formality of your life to say, oh yes, I'm good because I did all these things. Are you see where I'm getting at right now? I, I, I didn't do this, 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 but I did do this and I did I did that and I did that and I did that and I did that and I got all 10 just right and I'm good now. I'm the perfect saint of God and I find my perfection in my works. I find my perfection in, in everything that I do and don't do. And Jesus says, okay, if you want to find it in that, you miss one thing. I mean, because I know you miss at least one thing. You, you moved a branch out of your way on the Sabbath and you committed a sin. You, you, you notice that your coat was, had a string on it and you pulled that string off on the Sabbath day and you committed a sin. Like if you want to follow it like that, okay, you miss one thing. And the rich young ruler left in, in sadness because he found his glory in his works. He found his glory in how tightly he had followed the letter of the law. But when Paul comes, Paul says, hey guys, when we, when we walk in the spirit, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to walk the tightrope like that. When I walk in the spirit, the spirit leads me and the spirit guides me because it's more about my heart than it is about the actual detail. 
Jesus shows us this in Matthew 5 when he says, you read the law and the law said, the law said that you should not commit adultery. He said, but I tell you that if you look upon a woman and you ponder it in your mind, you've already done it. That's why I need to be led by the spirit because the spirit doesn't keep me on that little tight path where I gain, I gain all of my glory because I did it just right. But I thought about it 17 times. And it wasn't in my hands, but it was in my heart. And God said, no, no, no. See, that's why the spirit is going to lead you better than the law did. That's why the spirit is going to lead you higher than the law did. If you follow the spirit and you let the spirit talk to you, the spirit will tell you, don't think like that. You got stinking thinking. Paul says, if we are led by the spirit, we're not under the law. Not meaning that, hey, we're not under the law. Party on. It's not what he means. It's not what he's saying. People, people use his scripture for their own vanity because they say, oh, Paul said we're not under the law. We do what we want to do. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying if you're led by the spirit, you're, you're not under it. You're on top of it. You're not under it, but, but, but you're, God is leading you in what he meant when he said don't commit adultery. He's leading you in what he meant when he said thou shalt not steal. And, he, and Jesus locks it all in when he says, hey, the, 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 whole, the whole law is tied up in, in, in one commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul. And he said, the second's like unto it. I can't tell you the first without telling you the second because they're both connected. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do good to people. Love God with everything that's in you. And love people with everything that's in you. And that is walking in the spirit. But here's what the flesh will do. These are the works of the flesh, which are made manifest through these things. Which are these? I'm going to start right here. Adultery. So, adultery. Let's, let's talk about it. Uh, I have the actual, uh, if you, uh, Brother Gary, if you'll help me here. Uh, first slide, please. Uh, so, Adultery. I have the actual word and then the pronunciation of the word right beside it if you want to attempt that, moichi'a, something like that, okay? But here's what the, the word means. So here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go through each word. I want to go through each work of the flesh. And instead of just giving my thought of what I think it is, let, let's pull it out. Let's look at the original context, original scripture, original word, and let's, let's see what Paul was actually saying when he said this. So here is what Paul meant. Paul meant unlawful intimacy. If you are married and you have intimacy, sexual relations, with anyone who is not your lawful spouse, that is adultery. Is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, unless you are married to the person, you cannot have intimacy. Now, you say, why would Paul start with this? And even why would Jesus start with this in Matthew 5? This is where Jesus started in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, this is where Jesus started as well. He said, you heard Moses said, you shall not commit adultery. This is where Jesus started as well. I believe it started this way because marriage in the Bible is, is, is the power of first. The, the first covenant in the Bible was marriage. Jesus likens his relationship to the church as marriage. And so this is what Paul, these are how these fleshly works are made manifest. 
They're made manifest when people who are not married have unlawful intimacy. This is a work of the flesh. We, we see this is very common in our world today. It is a work of the flesh. Now you say, well, you know, Pastor Chavis, uh, I did that before. Okay, but are you walking in that now? Because what Paul is saying is, are you walking in this? He's not, he's not saying, did, did, did this happen? And that, and that like every adult, he's talking to a church in Galatia who's, that's full of Jews and Greeks and Galatians who they've never heard of this stuff before ever, okay? These are new saints. These are, these are, these are first-time believers. They ain't even, half of, this, half of this crew at Galatia, and you can research the church at Galatia, half of this church ain't even Jewish. And that's why they're having a big problem because the Jewish half of the church in Galatia is telling the non-Jewish half, hey, y'all need to get circumcised. If you want to live for God, you got to get circumcised. And the non-Jewish half saying, uh, negatory. <laughs> uh, I, nay, nay. <laughs> and, and so there's a big fight. And if you go back in the book of Galatians, you start reading, you'll see that Paul is dealing with this. So he's dealing with people that have done this before. That this is, this is a part of their history. But what he's saying to them is, don't walk in this. Don't live in this. You can't if you continue to walk in this way, you will not make heaven your home. You will not make the kingdom of God. And, and for everybody sitting here who's saying, well, man, I'm glad I never did that. Just like the rich young ruler, well, did you ever think about it? Don't raise your hand. But I'm just talking to the heart of mankind right now. We're all flesh. Ever cross your mind? Ever slip up to your brain? You ponder it? Jesus said you're guilty of it. Ever look upon a woman or a married woman with lust in your heart and thoughtful images playing through your mind? Jesus said, Jesus said you're guilty of it. Just as guilty as the person that actually did it. In God's eyes, you're just as guilty. Now, in our eyes, we can handle that. But in God's eyes, he can't. It's, it's, it's going to get good. It's okay. It, it's going to get quiet for a little while. So ain't nobody going to run aisles on this, on this one. But, but what I need you to know is this, is that we, can, we have to stop looking through our lenses. And we got to look through the biblical lens and what Jesus sees when he sees the heart of man. And we have to say, you know what? I can't let my mind just run free like that. I got to check myself. I got I to gotta make sure that I'm walking after the spirit, not the flesh. Just because I didn't put my hand to it does not mean that God's like, well, he didn't do it. He's okay. No, God's saying, listen, if it's in your heart, you need to pray through. The next one he says is fornication. The word for fornication is very, very noticeable, pornea. And if you go back to the book of Leviticus, you can find the pornea code where Jesus talked, well, where uh, God speaks to Moses about the pornea code. And Jesus brings the pornea code back up in the book of Matthew. And so the word fornication simply means pornea and where we get our word porn from. I know y'all don't know what that is, but it's a problem. It's like crack cocaine. It's a problem. It's a problem in our churches. It's a problem in our home. It's a problem with our men and a problem with our women. It's, it, 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 this is not just a man thing. 
There may have been a time on this planet when, when pornography was a man issue, but that time has passed. Women are struggling with this just as much as men are now. Fornication, according to what Paul was writing, when Paul wrote this, this is what he meant. He meant illicit intimacy. Illicit sexual behavior, unmarried, unlawful intimacy, unlawful lust. This is what Jesus is talking about, lusting after someone unlawfully. It also encompasses homosexuality, incest, bestiality, also pedophilia. Covers all of this. The word fornication in its original text covers all of these things. Homosexuality, meaning a man with a man or a woman with a woman involved in any kind of sexual activity, incest, close family members involved in any kind of sexual activity, bestiality, it's in the word. A man or a woman involved in any kind of activity with an animal and pedophilia, adults with unconsenting minors. When Paul said these words, fornication, this is what he meant. This is what he wrote. This is his original word in the original text. And if you are unmarried, people who have not made an intimate covenant with, with God, with each other, it's fornication. But fornication covers more. than When we say fornication, that's what we mean. We mean two people who are not married having intimacy. But when God says fornication, he means more than that. All of these things are encompassed in this word. You can go look it up for yourself. You don't got to take my word for it. Please don't. It's what Bible study is about. You need to go check me. But all of this is included in what Paul was writing when he wrote this. This is a problem. This is a problem. Now you say, well, Pastor Chavis, I look there on that screen and I see things that I'm guilty of. Again, are you walking in this? I see things that I did in my past. Are you walking in this? Is this your lifestyle? Is this what you do every day? You say, well, no, I don't really do those things, but I, but I do watch those things on my computer. Well, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. There. Yes, you need accountability. Absolutely. Yes, you need to do the right thing. Absolutely. We could talk about all those things, but let me just break it down to you. And the most important issue that you need to hear is that you will not go to heaven walking in this. And, and, and that's what you need to know. Is it hurting your spouse? Absolutely. Hurting your husband, hurting your wife? Absolutely. Even if they don't know about it, it's hurting them. Even if they're not even aware, it's hurting them. It's hurting your children. It's hurting your future. It's hurting your anointing. It's hurting your gifting. It's hurting your destiny. All of that. It's hurting all of that. But here's what the most important thing. It's hurting your chances on going to heaven. This is the works of the flesh. Next is uncleanliness. Uncleanliness. This is impurity. Uh, and akatharsia. Akatharsia. It's best I got. Um, means impurity, either physical or mental. So physically unclean, it's a sin. You need to be clean. So, Pastor, I worked in the yard today. I got dirty. I know, but did you walk in that? Did you just continue to live in that filthiness? I, I mowed grass today and, and 
weed eating, blowing all. I, I mean, I was cutting down tree limbs a day. I, I was a, I was like a farmer today, and I was dirty and I was sweaty. But I didn't stay that way. I didn't just go home and, you know, take a drink of water, get my truck, come here, and just keep living my life that way. Listen, th- this is what Paul's talking about. He's talking about a physical cleanliness that you need to maintain physical cleanliness. And I got dirty, but I cleaned myself. I took a shower. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God for pastor. And so I didn't continue in my filthiness. Now this is, he means uh, physical, but he also means mental. You got some people with some dirty minds. So Pastor Chavis, you know, man, I just, I'm just a dude, man. Sometimes my mind, I just be dirty. Okay, but are you walking in that? Is that your lifestyle? Is that what you always revert to? Are you walking in this? Because if I walk after the flesh, you have to understand, Paul's saying, if I walk after the spirit, if I keep a constant daily walk of trying to live for God, walking after the spirit, then I will, by default, stay away from fleshly things. But if I walk after the flesh and I'm walking in adultery, I'm walking in fornication, I'm looking at it, whatever I want to look at, I'm thinking whatever I want to think, I'm letting my mind roam, I'm just doing what I want to do, I ain't washing and I ain't checking my brain. Paul said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now, this, here's where, and listen, there's some words that we're going to get into in the next few weeks that you're going to be like, what in the world? Because it, it hits so close to home. It just, it's too much. Even for me, I'm like, Lord, if this is what you really meant, I, I need to check myself. That's just, that's just the way it is. Because when we, we read scripture and we want to expound upon it, sometimes we'd expound on things that we just think we're talking about. But when you start getting in the word and you pull original text and you start reading original words, what it meant when he, when he wrote it. So this is what he meant. Luxurious or lustful living. Luxurious or lustful living. Luxurious living. He called it uncleanliness. Living above your means. When you go and you look it up, it is exactly what you think it is. It is to be um, flamboyant with your lifestyle and to be outrageous in your way of living as to draw attention to yourself. Luxurious living. Lord, help us. Are we not there? I mean, I know they were there then. But guys, are we not there? Is not everything that Paul was writing to the church in Galatia meaningful to the church at Truth Chapel? Meaningful for America, meaningful for our daily people that we know. We can turn on the news tonight and you'll see everything I'm talking about played out in front of you. Like as if Paul was just writing the script for 2021. It's, it's, it's all around us. Not only luxurious living, but lustful living. To live in a way that either creates or emanates lust. Meaning, I want people to lust after my living. That, that is what he's talking about. He's talking about luxurious, lustful living. Meaning that I am so flamboyant with my living. My desire is that people would see my life and lust to be me. Social media much? That I'm trying to display 
characteristics of my life that I want people to go, oh, man, I just wish I was him. I wish I was her. Lust after my lifestyle. Lust after my clothing. Lust after my look. Lust after my skin. Lust after my hair. Just lust after me because I'm all that and a bag of chips. Do you know what God says? If you walk in that, you can't walk with me. And impure motives, which all connects to lustful, luxurious, lustful living. Impure motives, where my, my motives are impure. I don't have. I, I do things for people because I want. You know, my it's an impure deal. I'm 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 saying things because my I want things to come back to me in an impure way. I I, I want people to lust after me. I want people to want me. I want people to like me. I listen. You know, we have an epidemic in our world of narcissism. I don't know if you've noticed it lately, but it's an epidemic of it. But here it is, uncleanliness. It's here. It's that I'm, want, I'm drawing this to me. I want to look a certain way because I want people to lust to be me or act like me. Or, and my motives are impure. My, my, my motives are to gain authority or gain power or gain position or gain popularity or gain fame. And my motives are wrong. You say, well, Pastor Chavis, again, you know, these are things that I have felt. These are things that I've, I've walked in before, but are you walking in it now? Is it a constant, is it a way of life? Me and you, we can go back to uncleanliness. We, we can look up here at un, uncleanliness and me and you can, we know people who live this way. Always drawing the attention. Look at me. Look at how great I am. Please want my life. Lust after my abilities. Lust after my character. Lust after my new house, lust after my new car, lust after me. Hmm. The last one I'm going to cover tonight, I'm going to be done here in just a few moments, is lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. I'm going to tell a story here in a moment. I don't want it to trigger anybody, but I think you just need to know. So, uh, but, um, Aselgia, that is the, that's the best I got. So, some of y'all are better at pronouncing words than I am. So, I'm just I'm trying my best. The, the, I'm trying to bring original context to every word because I, I, it's powerful, isn't it? Powerful to bring original context to the word and say, "Oh, this is what he meant when he said that." Because uh, I ain't never heard nobody use the word lasciviousness ever, never. I, I ain't never heard nobody say, "Well, you know her, man. She just so lascivious." Can you? Spell that word for me, sir. Like, I'll take lasciviousness for 500, please. It's, just not, it's not something that we, that we use, so let's talk about it. It is unbridled lust. Unbridled lust. No limitation. Lasciviousness is a, is a, is a connection to unbridled things. Unbridled lust, unbridled desire. And also connected to that, shamelessness. I might say shamelessness. Shamelessness in dress, shamelessness in, 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 in words, shamelessness in approach, just shameless. We are living in a world today, ladies and gentlemen, that is shameless. The people got no shame no more. I mean, no shame. They, they will tell you anything They'll post anything. They'll say anything. They'll present themselves any kind of way. They'll rob from you, steal from you, cheat you. Shameless. 
people will do wrong and get glory for it. In 2021. I mean, it's, it, people literally have social media pages set up to video themselves doing wrong and people celebrate it. Ha, ha, ha. So good, so cool. It's shamelessness. We have, we have people showing their bodies off for money. And I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about porn stars. I'm talking about house moms. I read an article about two months ago. I read an article about people losing money during uh, the COVID epidemic and uh, like different things that people were doing. And this guy just went out and was like, hey, like, you know, what are y'all doing? He, he, he did a, a poll of what people were doing in his town. And he wrote, an, he was doing research to talk about, you know, working from home and like how people are being, you know, how, they're, how people are being ingenuitive about, you know, finding new ways to hustle and, you know, make money on the side. So as he's doing this report and he's, he's polling his community, polling his city, he decides to write a whole nother report and say, how many house mothers, house moms have turned into like their own individual porn stars to raise money for their households? Now, there's two things there. One thing, that, 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 that's, that's sad that you have to do that to make sure there's food on the table. The second thing is that's just shameless. Shamelessness. I read this article like, what in the world? This is a thing. This is a thing in 2021. This is a thing. This is unbridled lust. They're, they're capitalizing on dirty men. They're capitalizing on unbridled lust and being shameless about it. This, this is, so let me just tell this story. And I'm, again, I don't want to trigger nobody and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just going to tell you a story. Is that okay if I just tell you a story? All right, because I don't want to, you know, I, I just want to be sure that, that, that everybody knows that I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to point nobody out. I'm not trying to call nobody out. I'm just going to tell you the story. About two months ago, I'm standing in Atlanta airport. I'm flying to a different city to preach or teach. I forgot exactly what I was doing. So I was standing in line, and these uh, these Two young ladies, probably in their mid-20s, they come get in front of me. And, and, and they're boarding the plane before I am. They come get in front of me. They both have on yoga pants, which has a seam that runs up the crack of their tail. And this is all hanging out. It's there for the whole world to see, including myself. For me to say I didn't notice it, I'd just be lying to you. It'd be just dumb. I saw it, but... I walk in the spirit, I'm able to clear my mind. I saw it, I looked up like, and in my, in my mind I thought, why? See, because I got, I got daughters, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, if they only knew what was going through a, a man's mind right now, they would, not, they would not wear that. If they could see inside of the man. As I'm sitting here thinking these things to myself, in my ear I hear, I tell you what. I'm like, I look over to an entire stranger who has gray hair. I can see his gray beard sticking out from underneath his really dirty mask. 
And he's just standing there and he's got that, he's got that pose that, 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 that dude's giving about to say something wrong like this. And I'm looking at a complete stranger. I don't know this man. Never seen him before in my life. And he's like, I can tell he has a sinister grin under his dirty mask. I said, I said, excuse me? He said, I tell you what. I'm really digging this new yoga pants trend. I said, oh, you are? He said, yeah, man. He said, now there's some of these girls right here and they got no business with them on. He said, but when you see something like that right there, the, women, the girls are standing right, right there. He said, when you see something like that right there, my God. Woo! I tell you what. Number one, I'm trying not to bust out laughing. I'll just be honest with you. I'm trying. First of all, I'm thinking, this man is so shameless. He don't know me. I could be the police. I could, I could be that girl's dad. And I could be jacking his jaw right now. But it hit me. If these girls in front of me, these 20-some-year-old girls, could even understand the way a, a man's minds work, especially a man that ain't got no God in him at all, this man apparently just has no Jesus in him. Now, he might go to church every Sunday. He might be religious, but he ain't got no spirit in him. If, if they knew what was going on in his head right now, they're going to find him a towel or something, a napkin or something. And at least while they were around him, they would cover themselves up. But he's just the one brave enough to say it. Yeah. Now, what I want you to understand is that's DNA. You, I, I hear people all talking about, we just need to train men better. Uh, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Train men? <laughs> that's hilarious. That's laughable. That you're going to train men. You're going to train men to deny a genetic code, good luck. It's like training a dog not to slobber. It's like training your chin not to grow hair. It's like training your eyeball to not work. It's like training a snake not to slither. It's, it's not possible. You're, it's laughable. God made man. God made man, and he made man with a genetic desire, and that desire has been perverted through the ages by the enemy and culture and flesh. That desire has been perverted, and from, from a beautiful matrimony to an ugly demon that has taken more lives than we can shake a stick at because left unbridled, Left unbridled, that desire is wicked and evil and ugly. And if you really realized how big that devil was, you'd cover yourself up. You ain't got to worry about good men. No, that's not what you got to worry about. That's not what you got to worry about. You got to worry about men like that who would, to a total stranger, not even knowing if I knew these people or not, say something 
which was filthy, as he was. God help us. Say, well, well, Pastor, I I have that desire. I want to look a certain way. I want to be cool. I want to walk in. I want to be in the trend. You know, know, that's that's, in right now. It's in right now. It's in right now. So what? There's a lot of stuff that's in that I'm not doing. There's a lot of stuff that's in that's contrary to the word of God. There's a lot of stuff that's in that's okay for the culture. It's okay for the culture, but it ain't okay for God's people. If I'm walking in the spirit, if I'm walking in the spirit, there's no way my, my spirit is going to let that happen. There's no way my spirit's going to be okay with that. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to do that. And if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to think that way. Will it come into your mind? You better believe it. You can't stop that. But what I can do is I take authority over every imagination. That's what the Bible told me to do. Bible told me to take authority over my imagination. I'm in control of my imagination. Sometimes it runs rampant and I'll say, wait a minute, hold up. I've taken to authority my thoughts and imaginations. God gave me the power to do that when he gave me the gift of the Holy Ghost to take authority over my thoughts and imaginations. I'm not going to think that way. That's ugly. That's, uh, that's unkind. I'm not going to do that. And sometimes it'll aggravate you when other people do it. The last one here is insolence. Yeah. Insolence. Untamable. Just insolent. No control, no boundaries, untamable. And we are living in a world where we, we see the works, the manifest of the flesh. We see these things manifested here. We watch it happen every day. We watch untamable, unbridled people be shameless, full of lust. There is a desire within mankind for people to lust after them, whether it be monetarily, whether it be power, whether it be position, or whether it be sexual there is a there is a genetic makeup inside of every human being to desire those things at some point in time but if i walk in those things i will miss heaven then that's bible amen is this okay tonight everybody still love me could you stand to your feet Here's my, here's my prayer for this. Here is my prayer for this series. And I, and I meant to start this way. But, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll finish up this way. Here's my prayer for this series. My prayer for this series is that this word would almost be like a, like a radar in your, in your life. You know how you, you go through the... the deal at the airport and, and, and if something goes off they'll say hey sir step, step to the side and they have that little wand and they'll like rub you know go over your body and beep 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 hey, what, what you got in your pocket and, and it, it'll go off and oh okay what I want for this word is not for you to sit here and think about people who fit this bill that's, that's not what I want you to do 
It's easy to do that. Ain't that easy to do? And some of us did it while tonight. We're like, mm-hmm, I hope he listening. My God. It's easy to do. It's a thing of the flesh. We fall into it. I get it. I get it. But what my desire is that you would let this word just kind of wand you. Just kind of wand your life. You know, and, and look, if it don't beep, it don't beep. God, God bless you. Write a book and, and, and give it to me first. You know, but, but what I would like this word to do is just, just beep. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, man, I see that. I need, to, I need to work on that. I see that. Yep, he got me right there. The word got me right there. Not he, because this ain't me, y'all. I'm just, I'm pulling straight word. That's okay. Just straight word. But they say, oh yeah, the word got me right there. And then for you to say, just like you do in an airport, and just, you know, take it out and let him see it. Say, yeah, Lord, this is it. I do need, I do need help with this. That, that's all I want for you. That, that's what I want this word to do for your life. I want it to be that one that just goes over you. And sets off in the places where you know, hey, I need work. Because here's the deal. If I'm not trying to get you to heaven, what am I trying to do? If I'm not trying to say, hey, guys, here's things that we need to be aware of. Because they will keep us from the pearly gates. Then what are we trying to do? My goal is that when I get to the gate, you'll be right there with me. And we'll all go in together like one big happy family. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for your I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.